All right, Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 tonight. And we're going to review a little bit about last week and then hopefully uh, get something that will help us here this week. And so Psalm chapter 1, we're going to read all six verses there and then we're going to come back to that in a little while. So Psalm chapter 1 and verse uh, number 1. Psalm chapter 1 verse 1. He said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but like the chaff which the wind driveth away, Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pray, and then uh, let's ask God to really bless us here tonight as we open His Word. All right, Father, please tonight would you uh, make the Word of God clear to us and helpful as we uh, look into this matter of happiness? I believe that it is perhaps in the Number one thing that most everybody, whether Christian or not, they all seek to be happy. And I think that's why there's, uh, even in what we would consider a cultish type of religions, people will do some of the craziest things in the pursuit of happiness, looking to be happy one day. I pray, Lord, that we'll look in the Bible and see what it is to be happy here on this earth, even now that we may apply the the scriptural uh, formulas before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm going to review a little bit from last week. Um, We talked about last week the uh, uh, joy and happiness. We've always been taught, at least I have, and I've I've even taught it before, and uh, and I think falsely so. Um, Joy, we've always heard that joy is from God, happiness is from the world. Uh, joy is lasting. Happiness is is, is temporary. Uh, 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 joy cannot be taken away, and happiness comes and goes, and things like that. But in the Bible, uh, we're going to find that joy and happiness go hand in hand. They they're interchangeable. Uh, oftentimes throughout the Bible, the same words that are translated happiness have also been translated for joy or rejoicing and so on. And um, uh, we said last week, we're going to give it real quick here, the, uh, the Old Testament first. Uh, there's two main words that are translated into happiness or blessed. The word blessed in the Bible, uh, that's what it means, is happy. And uh, there's two main Hebrew words translated. The first one is Barak, Obama, uh, no, Barak, and it means to correct, to congratulate, or to be adored, or to be blessed, if you will. Uh, these gra- these graduates are going to be graduating here uh, uh, soon, and when they do, um, when they do graduate, uh, they're going to be blessed. We're going to go by and say congratulations, and we're going to we're going to give them a uh, uh, maybe a gift or something like that, and they're going to be blessed. They're going to be happy, if you will. Now, that word Barak in the Old Testament, that's what it was when God said he just blessed people, uh, usually without merit, usually for no reason. God just came by and 
bless them. You often find, and the Lord blessed David, or and the Lord blessed Abraham. And that's what it means. It means he came by and God just did something for them and it made them happy. It blessed them. Um, uh, it just, uh, like, I, like I said last week, if you came by after church, the preacher, that was a good sermon. That would bless me. Uh, that would make me happy. That would, that would make me feel good. And I'd walk away having been blessed or having been adored or congratulated. Now, that word in the Old Testament was translated blessed, barak, blessed. But it was always used in the context of God giving a blessing uh, or somebody else. But usually it was God giving a blessing uh, for no real particular reason, just blessing somebody. Then there's another word, and that word was asher. And that in the Old Testament, that word asher was translated the same thing, blessed or happy. And it was used, uh, it was always used as an interjection. Uh, uh, it was always used as an exclamation point in, in the Hebrew. Uh, how happy, or how happy they were. They were, they were so happy. They were blessed. And that's how it was. They were blessed people. But uh, it was always used in conjunction with what they did to make them happy. And so there was two ways to be blessed. You could be blessed by what God just blessed you. Really, for no apparent reason, he just looked down and blessed you and made you happy. He did something for you. Uh, uh, okay, for an example, I, I've been wanting a welding table uh, for a couple of years. I, I'm not much of a welder, but I enjoy playing around with it, and I wanted a welding table. And, um, and my dad gave me a couple steel legs. I was going to try to build one, you know, I just never got around to it. Well, the other day on Craigslist, yesterday, it was there, yeah, last night on Craigslist, I found an eight foot welding table for free. And I said, man, I called him. He said, I still have it. I got there. I got there literally five minutes before the next guy. And I didn't have a truck. I didn't have a trailer or anything. I said, hey, if you'll hold it, I'll come get it tomorrow morning. And he said, okay, Jerry's next guy pulled up with a trailer. I'm here for the, the table. He goes, I just gave it to this guy. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so I, I got this welding table. I said, yeah, that, that just blessed me. That made me happy. But wait a minute, that was Barak. That was a Barak blessing. That was just, that was just something that, God blessed me with, made me happy. But it was not an Asher blessing. It was not something that I did to create a happiness or to bring about a happiness. Now, let's go to the New Testament. In the New Testament, we likewise have two words. We have one that means, it's elogio, where we get our word eulogy, and it means the same thing as Barak. It means for no apparent reason, we just stand up and say some good things about somebody. Like we do at a funeral, we give their eulogy. We, we stand up, no matter how miserable of a wretch they were, we stand up and talk about how good they were. And uh, we bless them. We eulogize them. And in the Bible, that's what God did. He would bless the people. When he, when he would uh, see a crowd, and he would bless them. Or somebody would come by, and he would bless them. That was the word eulogy, or eulogio, it meant to to just give a blessing, to just, uh, uh, to just speak well of them or to praise them. And that, again, was always used in the term of God just for no real apparent reason, just decided to bless them. When, when God, everything about this, why do we pray for our food? We pray for our food, really, I don't, I don't see when the Bible says, thou shalt pray before thou shalt eat. Uh, we, I, I think we get that from when he fed the 5,000, he took the bread and before he broke it, he looked up to heaven and gave thanks. And the Bible says he blessed it. Well, that was that word eulogy or eulogio. I mean, he just, he just thanked it. He was thankful for it and blessed it and, and uh, was grateful for praising the fact that he had food. Uh, now, that's how that word was used. But then there was another word in the Testament, makarios. And that, again, 
was the word that was used when we do something, it can bring us a happiness. Okay, so, so quickly, there's a word in the Old Testament, and that word is we're blessed by what God does for us, and then there's a way that we can be blessed by what we do for Him. And in the New Testament, there's a word that, that was used for blessed, where God blessed us and made us happy, and then there was a word that was used to make us happy or blessed where we did something for God. So the difference then is not, with joy and happiness, the difference comes with what makes us happy or what brings us that joy. Uh, joy is, it can be fleeting just like happiness is. Uh, we find in the Bible, God tells us to, uh, the Bible, the people rejoiced. Later on, we find the people were mourning. What happened to the rejoicing? It was gone. Uh, David lost the joy of his salvation, Psalm 51. And so happiness and joy can be provided, we said, in three different ways. Uh, it can be provided by God blessing us, by a circumstance. It could be us giving, be, uh, receiving a blessing for something we've done. Or it could be the world blessing us and making us happy. Um, uh, sin is fun for a season, but then it flees. Uh, everybody enjoys sin while they're partaking in it, but a few hours later they're miserable. And they feel guilty. And they, they hate it. Why? Because the joy that the world gives quickly leaves. It doesn't have to be a sin either. It could be a vacation. It could be, like I said, a good steak. It could be some sort of activity. It could be some, uh, some uh, event that you wanted to do. But at any rate, whatever it is that, that it may give you happiness, but it's a temporary happiness, that goes away. But the happiness that comes from doing for God never goes away. I got saved 30 years ago, and guess what? I still have that joy today. I'm just as happy today as I, uh, as, as, I, as I was 30 years ago. Just as much thrill as it was 30 years ago. Because that never seems to leave. Uh, the happiness that we find from maybe winning somebody to Christ or helping somebody or making a difference in life, those things, they never go away. We can look back to years ago and say, well, I remember many years ago I had an answer to prayer. And we can go back and have the same thrill and the same joy and the same happiness from, from that answered prayer today as we had 20 years ago because it does not seem to leave. And so there's three ways to have happiness. Others blessing us, eulogizing us, blessing us, like God blessing us or, or other people blessing us. But the problem with that is it's out of our control. Then there's the happiness that the world gives. The world gives a happiness by, by maybe it's a, uh, uh, you got to go on a trip somewhere, or, or maybe it was uh, uh, some activity you partook in, or some sort of a food, or something like that. But the problem with that is it never lasts. Once it's over, it's gone, and it goes away. But then there's the blessings from the Lord uh, that are in our control that come from what we do, and those blessings will never flee. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here, is those blessings that last forever. How can we have those blessings? So go to Psalm chapter uh, 1 again. Psalm chapter 1 again. And uh, I want you to look at verse number 1. He said, Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, um, and, and so on. What does that word blessed mean? It means happy. That word right there, that blessed, is that word asher, which comes from a happiness that, 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 uh, that uh, has been given to us by something that we have done. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a few words that caught my eye besides the word blessed. Uh, it says down there, 
um, in the verse, uh, the end of verse three, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Okay, so God said this, happy you'll be. And whatsoever you do will prosper. Well, that makes us happy too, doesn't it? Uh, wouldn't you like to prosper in your job? Prosper at school? Prosper in your ministry? Prosper in your family? Uh, prosper in projects that you're trying to do and all your dreams? Uh, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. How do we get that? How do we get that blessed is the man or happy is the man? Everybody desires to be happy but how in the world do we get it? In uh, Psalm chapter 1, God gives us a formula for being happy. And we're going to look at that here. There's five key elements that we're going to look at here. Um, uh, notice here, he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the, look at this, the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He mentions three different levels, if you will, here. Uh, he mentions, first of all, he that walketh, then standeth, then sitteth. And then with those, he said, the ungodly, the sinner, and the scornful. He said, first of all, it's a progression. We start off walking the wrong way. Then pretty soon we stop walking and we start standing. And then we get comfortable and we sit down with it. And now we're sitting there. We start off walking with who? The ungodly. Who are the ungodly? The ungodly are simply those who uh, are without God. Or those who are not, or they're withholding from God. Or they're not, they're the ones that are without God. That's why I would say, be careful walking with the unsaved. Just because they're unsaved does not mean that they're evil. Does not mean they're, 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 they're uh, uh, some uh, uh, filthy, vile type of individual. But they are walking without God. So be careful of that, because you start walking with those who are walking without God, and pretty soon you're going to think, that's not so bad. This ain't so bad without God. They're not too bad of people, and we're walking with the ungodly. So he said, he that walks with the ungodly. Second of all, he said, then they stop and they stand with sinners. Now, wait a minute. Sinners are different than just the ungodly. The ungodly are without God. The sinners are those that, that they purposely pass over prohibited boundaries. They, they will purposely overstep God's boundaries. That's the sinner. Um, for all have sinned. We've all done that. We've all purposely knew it was wrong and did it anyway. Now God said, be careful. The, uh, uh, you're walking with the ungodly. Then you're going to start standing with the sinners. Those are the people, they know it's wrong to drink, but they do it anyway. They know it's wrong to skip church, but they do it anyway. They know it's wrong to cuss, but they do it anyway. They know it's wrong to steal, but they do it anyway. They know it's wrong to lust, but they do it anyway. They know it's wrong to look at pornography, but they do it anyway. So what are they doing? They're, they're overstepping these boundaries that God has put. Listen, you know, Christian, we're supposed to be standing, uh, helping each other stand and sharpen each other for what is right, not sharpen each other for what is wrong. I'll give you a great example. Uh, Mr. Albert and Mrs. Elia came tonight. And Mrs. Zelia told me before church, she said, she said, well, we both encouraged each other to come today. Because I told my mom, I said, I don't want to really go. And she asked if she was going to church. She said she didn't really feel like it. And I said, well, I don't feel like it either. And, I, and, and so I wasn't going to go to church, and she wasn't going to go to church. But I told her she ought to be going to church. And she said, well, you should be going to church. So neither one of us wanted to go, but we encouraged each other to go. See, now, now you can do it the other way. You can encourage each other to do wrong, or you can encourage each other to do right. 
Be careful hanging around somebody who gives you permission to do wrong. That's you, uh, you young people. Don't. This is you attract who you are. When a kid comes in, a teenager comes into church. I can tell you what kind of a teenager he is within about ten minutes by who he sits by in church. He'll automatically, if he's rebellious, he'll automatically gravitate to the rebellious. If he's if he's not rebellious, he'll gravitate to a kid that's not rebellious. Every time. So be careful getting around somebody who, well, they don't judge me. Well, you ought to be around somebody who judges you. You ought to be around somebody who, when you do wrong, they're like, what? What are you doing? You're not supposed to do that. Don't be hanging around the sinners who purposely step over the boundaries of God and it doesn't bother them. The third one is what? The scorner. That's the next step. They first start off just being without God. And then they become sinners and they purposely start stepping over the boundaries of God. And then they become a scorner where they begin to mock God and the things of God and the rules of God. Now it's not a matter of we just overstepped the boundaries. Now we're mocking the boundaries and making fun of the things of God. And with that, they comes an act of pulling you into their realm. Those are scorners. So the Bible says, smite the scorner, the simple will beware. The uh, Bible talks very poorly about the scorner. So, so there's a progression that takes place there. But now we, we, we want to look at this. Blessed is the man who what? Number one, happy is the man. Blessed is the man. Asher is the man. Happy is the man. Number one, that what? He does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't walk in the counsel of those that are without God. Be careful where you get your counsel. You want to be happy? Then don't get your counsel from the world. They, listen, the world does not understand. They don't understand us. They do not understand Christianity. A man came to me one day and he said, Preacher, I was, I was facing some financial hardships. And so I went down and I, 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 I went and got a financial counselor. And I got all my, all, he told me to bring in all my financial stuff and all my bills and all my income and all this and bring it to him. And so he brought it in there and laid it all out for him. And he started looking at where I was spending my money. And he told me the first thing you need to do is you need to stop tithing. Last year you gave, uh, I can't remember the number now, it was like $15,000 to your church. He said, that's the first thing you need to cut. You need to quit tithing. He said, I stood up, I picked up all my financial stuff, and I said, you know, you do not know a thing about finances. And he walked out. Because the world, doesn't, the world looks at it and says, are you crazy? You just gave $15,000 to a church? for You just gave away $15,000? Are you nuts? But what he didn't see is that he got a free welding table for that. You see, he didn't see the, all the other things that God does. The, the world does not understand us. They don't understand us. Oh, oh I, I need to go to the world, the world and, and see a psychiatrist because I got so much on my plate. And so you come in and they say, well, tell me your schedule. And you tell them your schedule and you say, well, I, and in your schedule, I go to church Sunday night and I go to church Sunday morning. And I'm in Sunday school and I go on Wednesday night and then on Saturday I go out soul winning. And, and, and the first thing they say, oh, you need to quit all that. Now, wait a minute. That's where the little bit of sanity you have is coming from. But they don't understand Christianity. So God said, don't walk in the counsel of those without God. With the un- you want to be happy? You can't get the counsel from the ungodly. They do not understand us. They, the, the Bible says that they're carnally minded. They cannot understand the spiritual mind. They just, they cannot do it. And so we don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, you, you, ask, you ask the world what you should do. Ask the world. They'll give you all kinds of crazy advice. 
They'll give you all kinds of crazy advice. Well, my spouse and I are having trouble. What should we do? Well, you should get divorced. Well, that's a crazy advice. Uh, they, well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm having a problem with my, my kids are hyper. What should we do? Put them on medication. I mean, they're going to come up with all kinds of things. Do I know why they put everybody on medication? Because they don't know what to do with them. They don't know what to do with them. I'm not saying there ain't some people that need medication. And there is helpful sometimes. But just because a kid misbehaves, the first thing we don't do is just give them medication. Sometimes there's other things we can't do, but the world does not always understand. Um, the, the, what is important to the world is, not, is, 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 is different than what's important to the Christian. See, if you go to the world, they say education is more important. The Christian would say character is more important. I, I would much rather have somebody, have you teenagers, you kids graduating, I would much rather you have character than an education. Any day. Because if you have character, then when you need the education, you have the character to go find out what to do. And you'll go get the education. Uh, you'd much better have character than education. So he said, first of all, if you want to be happy, 